Today's post, number 86, is about one question. This question will help your entire team lead with more flow during the worship service. We want to build a culture of asking this question in all our teams, the leadership team, the musicians, the hospitality team, and the tech team members. Welcome today to this episode, and we'll get right into it. Welcome to the Worship Leader Toolbox podcast, where our mission is to equip local church worship leaders and teams in practical components of local church leadership. We'd be honored to have you share, rate, or subscribe. And if you have questions, we'd love to connect at worshipleadertoolbox.com. We're thrilled to have you listening to our podcast, and our prayer is that it's helpful to you and your ministry team. Let's head now to today's episode. So Tim, we're leaving people in suspense, and we want to get to this one question. But before we do, how are things going? Oh, they're going great. We just finished a um, youth weekend conference retreat type thing and had a bunch of high school students and led worship for that and participated in just uh, sharing gospel, creating conditions for kids to encounter Christ. And it was really an awesome weekend. And amazingly, um, the this year was the 27th year for that particular event. And I've been to all of them. And so when I say that number, adults think it's awesome and kids could care less. Yeah. <laughs> but it's pretty amazing that that's been going so long. Uh, February fire up. I remember that. Yep. I remember going to that as a youth way back mm-hmm. in the day. And uh, that is awesome. And of all yeah. your programs, of all the different conferences you hold, that's the one I remember because it's mnemonic. Is that what the, no, this is the yeah. word for it. Alliteration. Alliteration. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's the one I remember. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's weird. It's always been in February, but we kind of dropped the February part of the name a long time ago. But... You, you don't call it February Fire Up anymore? No, we just call it Fire Up. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Just in case we ever change the date. That's good. I like it. <laughs> but anyway, it's, it's interesting working with students because uh, I've, I picked up a little book at the library the other day called Life is Like a Musical. It's a goofy little book. I don't even know if I'd recommend it, but. Hmm. Um, has just a bunch of little chapters that kind of equate life to, you know, a musical, the way this guy presents it. And one of the things that has in there as a chapter is um, never look down on the PAs, the production assistants, Mm. because some of those young intern production assistants are going to someday be the bosses and the writers and the producers. And so you always want to, you know, have a grace for them and and treat them as humans and love them and all that type of stuff. And um, I I just kind of thought that equates to high school students too, because Pretty soon, some of these high school students are going to be out and uh, serving in missions and planting churches, and one of them might be my pastor someday. So I need to not not talk down to them, but really build bridges. Nice. So mm-hmm. I always thought life should have a soundtrack. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, uh, I was at men's group the other night, and this gentleman was talking about he's getting into this uh, physical therapy. He's he's, he's um, disabled, and he's he's really going to try hard this time because he wants to do this thing. I think it's, he wants to be there for his grandkids or something. And I slowly, as he was talking, I slowly pulled out my phone and pulled up YouTube music and I typed in Rocky theme song and I just started playing it <laughs> as he's oh, talking funny. because of the way he was talking. I thought, oh, yeah, we need, we need some soundtrack here. So that's good. Yeah. Uh, we had a cellist at our Sunday morning service, uh, last week, not, um, Yesterday, Sunday, or two days ago, Sunday, but the, the week before that. It was amazing. I've never played with a cellist before. 
and uh, wow. nobody even knew he was a cellist. He's the sound guy. He's been there for a while, and, oh, wow. and nobody knew. But it just came up in conversation, and we asked him if he would, and he he said sure, and uh, it was it was really amazing. Hmm. I'm jealous. You're jealous. <laughs> <laughs> we we for a while we had two cellists in our church, Ooh. and um, one one was on staff, and actually both of them wound up being on staff, and then in the end. Um, one of them moved far away, and the other one is um, taking another job altogether. But she's around now and then. But yeah, every time, every time the cello is there, it's awesome. Nice. So you have to keep that rolling. Nice. Well, let's get to this question. For the most optimal worship flow, teach your team to always ask themselves, "What's next?" Yep, that's the question. It's almost too simple, but it really is a huge part of what each worship leader should be asking. And really, each team member, band member, especially tech team members and sound folks, video people, it should really be as natural as breathing for those who are serving of what is coming up, what's next. And when people are doing that, then things are on time, everything clicks. And when people aren't, then that's when you get things go haywire. People, you know, just the, the sound cues aren't there, the video cues aren't there, music is lagging. All that stuff happens when people aren't thinking about the flow as they're going. It's a good question. Uh, in a sense, you're asking the worship order sheet, uh, what everybody's looking off of, you're asking it the question, but it also makes me think that we're asking the spirit what's next. Yeah, and that's, yeah. I mean, we basically are consulting the worship printed order, and I don't know how your church does that, but our church just prints off the planning center sheet, and that's how we, um, you know, everybody follows along. And I know some churches have totally printed programs in the church bulletin, like more traditional style services. Mm -hmm. And that's what I grew up as a kid participating in. And in some ways, the printed worship order requires everyone to know what's coming up. And the the flow is everybody knows what's next. So the flow really doesn't lag. But in more modern services, most people don't have an order. The only people that do is the leaders, the worship production team and the worship team themselves. But I like your thought that, um, you know, there's also the openness to the spirit and we could definitely probably go that direction on this too, though. The points we'll talk about in a minute are probably more practical, but, but the first thought that comes to mind is, um, that we really have to believe that God's spirit works in our planning, no matter how far ahead we have to trust the spirit. And I've worked, I've, I've just sensed that a long time. Um, I've kind of lived in both worlds sometimes. Uh, the winging it part I'm pretty comfortable with because I've done a lot of church camps and every church camp is chaos and winging it in terms of production and sound and setup and all that. It's always temporary and portable. But um, I've also done the other part where I'm with the same group of people every week and you have to sort of trust that God's spirit has been at work in planning in advance. And that's really happened a lot where the perfect scripture song or message has come at a time when it was really needed, even though we planned it, you know, months before. And so as worship leaders, we really have to like have um, the spirit at the forefront of our minds and our heart as we lead, which basically just means being tender, tender hearted and willing to make a change if needed, which is why we need to pray before and after and during worship. So your question is awesome. Basically there's the twofold thing. There's the trusting God's spirit to plan and lead in advance. And then asking the question, what's next about what you have planned? And at the same time, all wrapped up into this big bundle of worship leading, always be sensitive and open to the fact that the Spirit might 
shift gears and might call you to, to change. That's my favorite. <laughs> That's my favorite. I vote for that one. It's uh, well, you feel a, a little bit more like you're living life on the edge. Everything's all planned out and um, it's safe. Okay, cool. But especially as men, as our, if you ever read the John Eldridge uh, Wild at Heart oh, yeah. stuff, mm-hmm. um, having that sense of danger, whether it's perceived danger or real danger or whatever, even in the context of something that's, you know, not physically dangerous, um, to me, I think is, is real important. So I like that. Oh, yeah. It was, yeah. There's got to be adventure. Adventure. But yeah. I also know that without some, I mean, I'm talking both sides because I, mm-hmm. I, I liked your statement. I vote for that one. That's, or I, I agree. Or that's my favorite. But I also know that sometimes people who, without preparing, only count on the Spirit, mm-hmm. don't have the bandwidth to do what the Spirit wants to do because their gifts aren't developed. Mm-hmm. And so if you, if you want to, like, like, the more impromptu you want a service to be, the more planning you almost have to have. Yes. And then God's spirit can really work through that because the band is already prepared to say, we might do this course three times if people are really engaged Mm -hmm. or we might stop here or we might do this or we might do that. Like sometimes we practice the possibility that we're going to sing more or shift into acapella or something like that. And we may not, or we may, it just depends on what's going on. You do have to have the tools. You have to have the tools. And, and so sometimes I've found that if people are only relying on the spirit every week to be the adventure, then, in a, I mean, and this might be like the cynical side, but at some point you kind of do the same things over and over. Mm-hmm. You're kind of winging it with, with no more, um, whatever you call it, capacity in your own life and skill and heart. Mm-hmm. And so God is kind of calling people to for sure give it all and abandon it all and not really worry about, you know, the... I mean, yeah, we could talk about this all day. Yeah. Not really worry about <laughs> the, the, the exact flow of what's happening for that day planned-wise for something you might've done. And and that's always a prayer of mine too, that anything that didn't need to be said or didn't need to be done would just kind of be forgotten. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then the stuff that needed to be there would be highlighted and that can only happen through the spirit. So, yeah. I like to say, uh, when I'm talking to, when I'm mentoring uh, a younger person or something, I, I like to ask them, uh, do you remember that really dumb thing you did way back when? And they'll, mm-hmm. they'll either say yes or they'll say no or whatever. And I'll say, neither does anyone else. <laughs> that's good. Well, I mean, and there is this element of like, God is a God of peace and order. Mm-hmm. And so I've experienced times when we've gone off script and there's like just totally crazy, radically something different, mm-hmm. like, um, you know, more testimony or more singing, more prayer, more altar time in a, in a scheduled event where, oh no, now we just missed lunch. Now what are we going to do? Like there've been a few times when it's just totally gone haywire, but in those times, there was a lot of peace. Mm-hmm. Everybody stayed. Nobody thought anything of it. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes I think if you try to fabricate that, then you you kind of lose the peace side. So if there's no order, there at least has to be peace. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to just go totally. And I was at a conference this fall, last fall, at the New Room Conference, where Jim Cimbala talked. Mm. And he's the guy that wrote Fresh Wind, Fresh Faith, mm-hmm. or Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire. He's the uh, tabernacle choir guy. And he um, did a great seminar I sat in on, and then he was supposed to be the one of the main keynote speakers, but the speaker before him did an altar call that kind of um, went really, really long, and there was like a really a big spirit in the room, and and Jim Cimbala basically got up there, I guess maybe it's Cimbala, I don't know how he says his name, but he got up there and basically just said, 
that uh, there's a work of the Spirit going on here that I refuse to stifle with speaking. And so I'm not going to speak. I'm just going to partake in the music and the prayer and the praise. And that's what they did. He didn't, he didn't do a keynote. Oh, that's great. And so that's a pretty major change for, you know, two or 3000 people that paid money to, to be there. Yeah. And so that's the kind of thing that's, I mean, there's a lot of peace about that. So yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, did he speak with love? Did he speak with love mm-hmm. when he said that? Yeah. yeah. Because I mean, he, if he wasn't going to speak with love, he would just be a clashing symbol. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> that is, I, I'm sure he's heard that joke. I think he might have even made that joke. Oh, yeah. That is hilarious. Oh, man. Well, speaking of getting back on track, uh, we want to take some time to learn the more you can install this one question in the minds of people, the better flow you will have. Until your people are asking, what's next? You're going to have mic issues, video start issues, lighting issues, sound issues, clicks and tracks issues, movement issues, and speaking issues. Yeah, and really, I've seen um, this so many times. In the times I've been privileged to lead worship, um, even very early on, like 30 years ago now, I I started to realize that if I didn't know what was coming up next, then nobody was really going to pay attention at all. Like, part of my calling was to help the church to flow and know what needed to happen. And so when I was a special guest I would, at a camp or a church or revival or anything, I would always uh, be sure to know who I was supposed to call up after I was done. Like what was the next thing? And I'd catch her eyes. The song was ending. I'd, if, if, if that didn't work, I'd give a verbal, you know, transition or introduction or something like that. And so because of that long history of all those years and all those different events and all those different places, it's basically become, uh, just a natural rhythm in my life. Every single Sunday, every single service, every single event, I'm always thinking about the very next thing, not necessarily the thing we're on. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess that could be dangerous. We could probably argue that for a while because you want to live in the moment. But I don't want my sound guy to live in the moment. No, no, no. <laughs> I want him to be like one moment ahead of everybody. Yep. And and if that requires only doing it once a month, so three Sundays out of the month you can live in the moment, then that's what it takes. But <laughs> Nice. Uh, when you first started talking about this section, um, you were um, 30 years ago, and you're basically the one who knew what was going on. Uh, I bet we're about to talk about how important it is that everybody knows what's going on because I've been in situations where we just followed the leader and that's cool that he knew what was going on, but that's a lot of pressure just for one guy. Yeah, that's true. That's definitely true. Yeah. If I, I mean, sometimes I have to tell our group still to this day, Hey, at the end of the message, I'm going to walk up and I'm going to sing a song all by myself. So don't follow me because <laughs> for the most part, when the time comes, I stand up, everybody follows me. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, or, or whoever's leading worship, it, it's just getting such a groove and such a you know spot that everybody just goes and does it. It's pretty hilarious. Mm-hmm. But, well, here are the three things you can do to get this instilled or installed into your people. <laughs> <laughs> Number one, write out the order with details. Yeah, I don't know how you do it, Dave, if your church has a lot of details or if it's just like just the basic bullet points of what's coming up. But, um, and I'm not the best at this because unfortunately I'm not necessarily a detail person, but I've had to grow in it. And, um, when details are written, like who is starting a song that helps the video people know who to shine on whenever, you know, the camera's got to be on whenever it starts. And you might've seen some of those worship fails where the preacher (laughs) says, all right, let's sing. And then there's a female voice, but the preacher is still mouthing the words, but the female voice is leading and the camera never left the preacher. So the preacher has this real high female voice on the song, <laughs> like on the camera at least. I've not seen that one. I'm a little nervous. Some, to... of, those are, 
some of those are hilarious, but um, so we always, you know, just that small detail of who's leading the song so the camera can know we're moving there. Or the small details of lights up during the offering or lights down slowly during the first song or we're starting with the track or here's the intro or, or this song we're going to do the chorus twice or who's doing the solo on this song. As much of that as you can write into the worship order, um, especially in the modern service style where you only select people see it. You don't want to put this in the Sunday bulletin, but um, when the video plays, when the lights go down, when it all happens, how it all happens, the more detail you have, the more, and, and the more detail you can have during the rehearsal, then the better that is. When you want somebody to introduce or talk or any of that, the more you have, the better it is. And then everybody in your group is able to look at that. And if they're not certain what it means, they ask questions. And then that helps, you know, move the thing through the, through the service. And, and the more, the way I've also learned this real quick. I know you're going to say something, but the more I write down details, the more often I get questions. So if the service order is real basic, there's no questions. But if there's a whole bunch of stuff like do this, do this, do this, make sure we do this. We got to not forget this. This is different this week. Make sure the ushers do this, blah, blah, blah. All of a sudden there's questions because like, whoa, something new. And it like jogs their thinking. So that's a big part of it. That's good. That is much more edifying than what I was about to say. <laughs> You you had you, you had me on worship fails. Um, I don't really like to watch any kind of the fails of any kind of thing that I'm involved with because uh, I just feel really bad for the people or whatever. But if there's one that I'll always watch is they they title it when you have the wrong drummer. Mm-hmm. You've seen those where it's like a real slow song and the guy just decides to do this massive, you know, all that. Yeah, it's really fast. Yeah. One of my favorite ones that. Our, our sound guys always pull up is the um, the out of key saxophone player. Yeah, <laughs> on on a give thanks. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of a classic one. Yeah, and I can't tell if that was pre planned or if that was totally serious. It's hard to tell, but but I always like to play give thanks on the piano, run through a couple of them, and then the third time just start the melody line in the right hand in a in a flat or a sharp. <laughs> Makes everybody laugh. Oh man. All right, number two, teach them to ask the question. Yes, this is definitely not rocket science, but just teaching your group about this question can have a huge impact. So it could be as simple as like sharing this blog post or podcast with somebody or share it briefly during a Sunday morning prayer circle or share what it means for the worship team to uh, be firing on all cylinders. It requires everybody to know so that there's not like, you know, so the lights don't come down, the sound doesn't go up, and the video doesn't start. Or to to test that video before worship begins, or any of those things. And one way that a church worship team can really help hone in on this and teach that question is to watch a service through your through your uh, church. And so many of us now are doing, you know, even the smallest of churches are doing live streaming. So it's really simple to kind of assign everybody to watch the service or get everybody together and say, hey, we're going to watch this and just see how can we make this better. And just in general, we want to just teach them to do all they can to ask this question. And the cool thing about the question is, and any question really, is that Jesus really taught with a lot of questions and questions are free. And they really engage people. Mm-hmm. It doesn't like demean people's skills or gifts. I mean, we want to celebrate all that's going on. And instead of saying, but you guys could really do better by asking this question, what you do is say, we've got a lot going on. Now our next step as a team is for everybody to learn this question. Mm-hmm. What's next? And that's really going to increase the leadership and the presentation of your worship. 
I think uh, if you printed it on T-shirts and gave it to everybody, that would help. <laughs> and and then now that I'm saying yeah. that, I'm thinking, you know, that actually sounds like the name of a great ministry. What's next? Yeah, what's next? Mm. That's practically the the, the uh, name of every denomination right now. Uh, wow, <laughs> that's to, trying to figure out that's loaded that's. right there. But um, what's what's weird is is that uh, um, a T-shirt. You know, there's, there's the saying that. Um, tech teams are the Philo team, first in, last out. Oh, yeah. And worship teams are first in, last out as well. Mm. And so uh, somehow you could probably do some kind of um, acronym or something for the team that says, the team that always knows what's next. I don't know what that acronym would be, but <laughs> that could be on the T-shirt. Mm. WN. Number three, remind them to ask the question. Yep, and this might be redundant. But um, like any other thing in our vision and ministry, uh, groups kind of tend to slide toward what's most comfortable or what's easiest or this live in the moment mentality really is like the simplest way to do things. You know, like a sound person waiting to see the person at the pulpit before they turn the mic on. And and I'm not picking on any of our sound people. We have an incredible team and I work with a bunch of incredible people. But even the best of us run into those times sometimes when all of a sudden we've kind of slipped and the person is standing there saying, hello, hello, into an unworking microphone. Ooh. And then they finally push it up because they realize somebody's trying to get their attention. And maybe they got sidetracked with a, an issue or something more major than that. And so I totally have grace for all that. But I do know that um, we need to remind our people on a regular basis, each Sunday probably, to just ask the question, what's next? What's coming up? What do I need to do? What are we preparing for? How's this going to help you know bring glory to God? Because we're not going to have any hindrance of people sitting in the pews being uncomfortable or embarrassed because something wasn't working right or wasn't going right. And, and that way we just decrease the hindrances so people can connect. Good. Yep. Well, Tim and all of our listeners, thank you for being a part of this conversation today. So what's next? Just kidding. I actually have a couple of things I want to share. If you're a listener and you'd like to join us as a podcast sponsor, we'd love to have you. Learn more at www.worshipleadertoolbox.com slash sponsor. If you haven't already downloaded the 10-point checklist, it's a free video and small series you can use to sharpen your ministry. Visit worshipleadertoolbox.com. Last thing, and Tim, this isn't fully ready to go, but... We thought we might share the idea for a First Thursday cohort for worship ministry leaders around the nation. Yes, this is an idea that we have that we're going to try to be launching soon, but just thought we'd share it on a podcast, partly for accountability and partly for energy and excitement, enthusiasm, and partly for um, any thoughts you may have. Feel free to share them with us. But we are um, working toward building a, uh, a small cohort of worship team members or worship leaders in local churches who... Uh, after you know being a part of this podcast and hearing all the stuff we share, if it resonates with you, we would love to uh, build a group that meets over Zoom, but also through some phone calls and kind of more of a personal approach than just the big shotgun, um, you know, teaching times and, and worship ministry training stuff. But we're really at the ground level of this. We'll be kicking it off soon, and just wanted to plant the seed that if that seems like something that might be helpful for you and your church, your ministry, then we would uh, love to connect and, and share about that. And, um, if you have any thoughts like, Hey, yes, I don't know exactly what that is going to be, but I'd love to sign up just get on the website and send us an email. And we would love to, uh, have you involved from the very get go. That's cool. And I like the word cohort. 
Yeah. <laughs> and that's all for today. Blessings on each of you. You know, I think our jokes this time was worse than last time. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I, although I did get a lot of response last time. I, I can't say a lot. Two people said they love the, <laughs> the jokes. But maybe people like to listen uh, more whenever there are jokes at the end of the podcast. So. Well, wherever two or more people are joking, never mind. <laughs> well, if people like jokes, then I just heard one that says, what do you call an elephant that doesn't matter? What's that? Ir- irrelevant. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, did you hear what happened when the world's tongue twister champion, that's hard to say, tongue twister champion got arrested? What was that? They gave him a tough sentence. Those are definitely dad jokes. Mm. Hey, but I did hear one time the hardest yet shortest tongue twister of all time is two words. Irish wristwatch. Try to say that. Irish wish. (laughs) Irish. Mm. Irish wrist. Watch. Yeah, if you say it really fast, Irish wish watch, it, it just comes out like a big mess. It, there's no way. If you're looking around for some time filler at your rehearsal, if there ever is such a thing, have your, have your team say Irish wish watch, see what they do. I heard one, uh, two guys talking. I like to tell dad jokes. The other one says, does he like them? <laughs> <laughs>